0: Next up, Julia Zatar. Julia leads the product marketing team at Loom. Loom is saying no to too many synchronous meetings, no to reliance on live meetings to get work done. They're saying no to Zoom fatigue. And they are saying yes to deep work. They're saying you can successfully collaborate with async video and even be more effective. Julia, tell me about Loom.
1: Yes, absolutely. So Loom is a video messaging platform for work. So basically, you can record your video and your screen and send a message really quickly to anyone internally in your company or externally. So yeah, we're an asynchronous video platform.
0: And who is your customer? Who are you selling to?
1: So we kind of have two customers. One is our individual users and we define them as knowledge workers. So you could be in product design, engineering, or you could be in sales and marketing operations. Doesn't matter as long as you're a knowledge worker working in front of a computer and kind of doing your work there. And then our buyer audience is IT leaders and HR leaders. And they're the ones who are looking for communications tools across their entire company. So we kind of speak to both those audiences.
0: Now, Loom is a category creator. Even though today, I guess it's five years since you launched, you have a lot of copycats or similar players in the market. How has that shaped your view of the market being a category leader?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of what we think about is customer education. Some of our early adopters consider us a screen recorder, whereas we really see Loom as a communications tool. And that's how we use it at Loom. So we are big on dog fooding, our own tool. We use Loom multiple times a day. So our job is to show and educate our users that this is a communications tool that you can use daily. So we think a lot about that.
0: I think it's a common occurrence that customers who remember you from back in the day have one idea of what you're about and even though now the product has changed the company has evolved and but some customers are still stuck in the old days. I know many companies who had this problem. I know that my company, CXL, the e-learning company, used to be only doing training products about conversion optimization. Now we're everything. People still think that we just do this one thing. I know HR software, Lattice was the same. Performance management, now they do everything. What are your tips on how to break through that old mindset?
1: Yeah, totally. So I would say I'll take a step back from that question and say that we around 18 months ago, decided to call ourselves video messaging. So before that, we were kind of, to be honest, it was before my time. So I can't remember exactly how we described ourselves, but we made that decision to kind of broaden how people are thinking about Loom. So I think the interesting thing is our tool, while more feature rich It hasn't really changed that much in terms of becoming a suite of products so we still are very much video messaging but people were using us for a single use case so our challenge is to educate people that loom can be used for more than one thing for example a lot of people use us for design feedback but you can also use it to give a status update or really anything, like anything that you use email or Zoom for, you can use asynchronous video for as well. So in terms of tips of how do we kind of expand our users' minds to the fact that you can use it for more things, we are really big on using looms to do the work. So we've been using examples of use cases beyond what our users might be using in our marketing So for example, in our lifecycle marketing, we include videos showing examples of just broad use cases of what you can be using loom for a lot of our users kind of tell our story for us as well. So if you go on Twitter and you type loom, we have kind of our raving fans, as I like to call them, sharing how they're using loom and as people Kind of become more seasoned users of looms they are discovering these use cases as well and we like to share our user generated content as well and i think just calling it video messaging which has been interesting on one hand people associate like very consumery products with messaging But by giving it like a broad definition, as opposed to an onboarding tool or a feedback tool, we're trying to paint that picture that this is a communications tool and you can use it for anything that you communicate about, but it's definitely challenging. So we're still kind of early in our journey there and looking to kind of figure out how we educate our users that this can be used for many different things.
0: In your marketing, is there a broader story that Loom is attaching itself into?
1: Yes, definitely. So we are embarking on a big messaging and positioning project right now, which will help us kind of build clarity about what we're thinking. But right now, we believe that we are in a unique point in history and we believe in modern work. And we want to define modern work as asynchronous, more human, more empathetic, more transparent. And we believe Bloom is all those things. So not only are we asynchronous, which has been around for a while and everyone, you know, the benefits of asynchronous are well-known. You can work across time zones. You can work in your own time. It creates more deep work, but imagine combining that then with the power of video. And that's where the magic is. It's like the power of asynchronous melded with the power of video, which brings the human element. the kind of like bring your whole self to work, the person before the work. Sometimes I think about this, it's really cool. If you imagine a loom, it's a cam bubble on top of a document. And so in the past I would just email you my document and then you would read it and you forget about the person that wrote the document. With Loom, I do a walkthrough for you, walking you through my document and it kind of puts me in front of my work. So we believe in like people first, empathy, human connection, and really just fun. It makes work more fun. So all those things is what we believe modern work is, and we believe it's a better way to work. People are complaining about burnout, Zoom fatigue, the inability to do deep work. So we think you can do all those things Loom helps you fight all those things while still creating connection because at the end of the day, we're human and we want to work with people and we want to make jokes and we want to get to know our colleagues beyond just like transactional work.
0: Was that modern work idea already around pre-COVID or was it like, hey, the world is now changing really fast. Let's hop onto this train and attach our narrative onto this change in the universe.
1: So yeah, it's interesting. Our founders came up with the idea back in 2016 and they knew video was big, right? Snapchat and Instagram stories, all those things were already around and taking off. And they knew that like applying that to work was going to be important. And we already had uh, synchronous like video conferencing. I, th- I don't think Zoom was around yet, but obviously we had been using those tools for many years. So they just had a hunch, I believe, that this was going to be important. And we also, you know, remote and distributed work isn't new. It's been around for 20 years, but it was starting to become more common back then. And so we actually started our company remote first, right from the start. So the first five employees were in the office, although the founders were in different cities initially, and then they ended up co-locating. And then the next five that we hired were remote. Because we could already see early traction that the tool was useful in a distributed remote setting. So although we didn't have the words modern work five years ago, I do think that our founders saw the future a little bit. And it may not have been explicit in our narrative, but we were kind of, it was implicit. And I think since the pandemic happened, what we've been thinking about is it just accelerated our users' learning because they were forced into having to work differently. And so people had an appetite to try new tools. So the modern work thing is recent, and it's our way of like putting the strategic narrative on top of what like from a product and company perspective, we already believed, but we were like, we need to frame this somehow. And so we have recently come up with that and we're going to kind of expand it in this messaging project that we're doing. But yeah, that's a roundabout way of saying yes and no.
0: Currently, where does your messaging live and how do you make sure that your brand team and your product marketing and whoever else is telling the story, that they're telling the same story and using the same words?
1: Yep. So I will be honest here. We don't have a good system for this yet. We've been a very small team up until recently. And I think when you're small, you can, in an organic way make sure that we're aligned. So we just have good transparent communication at Loom and we're all very in sync, but that obviously is not scalable. And we are now growing the marketing team. Obviously the recruiting team needs messaging, the product team needs messaging. So that is why we are embarking on this kind of more formal messaging and positioning project where we will have a blueprint and we'll probably do like a brown bag session or of course record a Loom to walk people through that document document and have that in a central location and acting as the single source of truth but yeah up until now it's been more conversation-based sharing looms aligning kind of on a project by project basis I would say
0: your brand team and your product marketing team work together and, and how do you decide where the buck stops with one and that it takes over
1: yeah I love this question it's definitely taken us some time to calibrate The brand team, we have an incredible brand team, very talented, experienced team that has worked on incredible companies in the past. So they came up with our kind of, we did a rebrand last year. So they came up with the new logo and the whole design system, as well as our brand voice. And they kind of drove that project. So they are the owners of kind of the brand voice and the look and feel of the brand, but when it comes to marketing materials, the product marketing team usually drives the project. So let's say like a landing page. We recently launched our Loom SDK. So I was the owner of the kind of the whole launch and all of the messaging, but we have a very close partnership with brands. So once I kind of wrote the brief, wrote the first pass at the copy and the kind of strategy for the launch, the next step is to loop in the brand team and they kind of take what we give them and I would say elevate it. So we have some creative people on that team. And for example, they came up with positioning the Loom SDK, which is the ability to integrate Loom into other products as the record button for the internet. So I gave them all the background messaging and like my first take on the landing page, but then they kind of just like, We'll edit the head headings to be more punchy like that. So that's one example. But then another example is we are working on a brand campaign coming up at the end of the quarter and that's, you know, brand campaign is obviously going to be driven by the brand team. However, we have a product marketer on our team, George, and he is driving the messaging part of the brand campaign. So he's kind of like the expert on how we need to position Loom. And the brand team is working closely with him as they're coming up with creative ways to express our value proposition. But the product marketer is kind of like the expert on the truth about Loom. And then they take that and kind of make a more creative.
0: Mm -hmm. Loom Story has multiple story-based benefits or things like no to synchronous meetings and uh, leaving out, like you're elevating the quiet voices when a Zoom call would otherwise not be heard maybe, and you're saying no to long documents. But where does your customer come across that story? Because like, when I go to your, let's say, homepage, it's pretty functional. It says who it's for and what you can do with it, but it, I don't see the story. So where does your audience see that story?
1: Yeah, I think today we're in the infancy of... Kind of telling a broader narrative. Today, I would say product launches are one place where that story is starting to come out. So we are a very high-velocity, product-driven company, and we've been releasing a lot of things this year. So we've had kind of dropping features frequently. And so we've been telling the story to our existing users, at least through product launches. So we do use traditional channels like email marketing and a lot of in-app messaging as well. And we use social during launches and we will usually record a loom or write a blog post telling like a sub narrative that's related to a product launch to kind of share that point of view. And what we're looking to do in the future is really lean into the fact that we're video. So we haven't really been using our YouTube channel to date. We have a lot of user-generated content on YouTube, but we wanna kind of take a little bit, leverage that channel a little bit more to share that point of view, as well as using Press. So Press is gonna be really big for Loom. We have dabbled in it up until now. We just did two articles recently. We've been working with a PR person, but we're hiring a director of content and PR and they will be like a really big partner to product marketing to tell that like broader market story and the kind of bigger narrative. So yeah, I would say we're early. All of this is just coming together. We've been kind of telling it in our traditional channels and now we're looking to go beyond that and explore even like TikTok we're looking at. So exciting things to come.
0: When you're doing these product launches, how often do those happen? And which channels are you using to do the launches?
1: Yep. So we have a framework to tier our launches. We have tier one, two, three, and four. So one would be for something that is really new and could attract new customers deserves like press, as well as a product hunt, post, that kind of thing, all the way down to three and four, which are more like standard updates, maybe improvements, which we still want to be communicating to our users and new users, but don't kind of require as many channels. So based on the tiering, we have channels that we kind of, and obviously there's flexibility, but we just have kind of a framework to help us when we're kicking off a project. But a tier one would be press, Product Hunt, Twitter, LinkedIn, email, a blog post, which always includes a Loom. And we've started using some paid channels. So recently, again, we launched the Loom SDK. So that audience was slightly different. We're also reaching out to developers. So we did some paid on like Substack and we did paid with Product Hunt and also like promoting social as well. And as I said, we're now going to embark on some new channels that are video heavy. So TikTok and YouTube.
0: How are you thinking about the competition? If I look around and see how many companies there are that claim to do the same things as you do, there's quite a few. Are you worried?
1: (laughs) I would say because we have been very focused on like category creation and because there is an inherent virality product, It's important to us to, once we have the top of funnel and someone signs up for Loom, to make sure that they're having a really good experience. Because when they send a Loom to their colleague or customer, that's marketing for Loom. So one of the metrics that we track is a video first view. So we do a lot of work on the activation side. So of course we have to be watching what the market is doing, especially as product marketers. But we have been focused on. We're less focused on feeds and speeds and comparing features, and really, we're focused on building our brand. And we we've done that from the beginning. And if you have looked at Loom, you will probably notice we have quite a consumery feel. And I think that has really helped us because the tool is very easy to learn. It's very easy to get started, and it's the ease of a consumer tool. And to have that feeling of simplicity in a B2B SaaS tool is just people are drawn to it. It's a fun way to work. So we've been leaning into that. I think we will continue to lean into that. And we definitely do have an edge when it comes to brand, I believe.
0: So besides the UX part, what else are you doing for the brand? So I played around with a couple of your competitors and I have to say they're no harder to use. Maybe there's, you know, some intangible feeling of fun that's kind of missing, but also ripping off your UI is the easiest thing to do for anybody. So building a brand also has to happen outside of the tool or how are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, I think I talked a little bit about this before, but Our existing users are our best spokespeople for the company. So again, if you go on Twitter, people are kind of raving about they don't know what they did before they used Loom. A Loom, you could have replaced that Zoom with a Loom. You could have replaced that email with a Loom. And I think the exciting part is that there are probably use cases that we ourselves haven't even thought of. So what we're planning is to better capture Uh, that existing kind of joy that our existing users have with the tool and, you know, might be power users already. So we want to build kind of a community to help our users continue to tell our story. And there's many ideas that we've had on the team. For example, like imagine creating a resource that has Airtable does this. For example, they have the like Airtable universe and you can go in and there's like templatized it tables for loomer would be a bit different it would be like examples of how you can use loom or people record really funny looms that are like culture looms our design team does this a lot internally like they're presenting some sort of new idea, but they'll have fun with it. They'll play music in the background, etc. So there's a lot of content that already exists. We just need to get it out there. And we're working on how to do that right now. And I think building a community is one way. And then figuring out what channels we surface those on is kind of the next step. So yeah, we've grown really fast and we've been a small marketing team. So We have brought on more resources and all our ideas are going to come to fruition soon, hopefully. So stay tuned.
0: Thank you so much, Julia.
1: Thank you.